You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. Wow, we finally got the MCU's brand new series about the door in Malaje, and it's about time. <laughs> I've been looking forward to watching that new series ever since I heard about... Wait, what? Excuse me? No. Hold on. I'm just getting a note here. Oh, sorry, my bad. This is not the origin story for the Dory Milaje. Totally my bad, folks. I'm actually talking about The Woman King, a brand new film starring Viola Davis, based or at least inspired on a true story about an African warrior general uh, and her struggles to defeat the invading colonists who have moved into their country of Dahomey, uh, which is now known as Benin. To help me talk about this interesting new film from director Gina Price Bythewood is Harmony. Hello. Michael. Hi there. And Kim. Hey guys. When the story kicks in, we're in the mid-1800s in Africa. We meet Viola Davis's character, Nansika. She is a general of an elite force of women warriors that serve the king of Dahomey, played by John Boyega. They have been fighting rival tribes who have been stealing their people and selling them into slavery. And, you know, she has been tasked with bringing an end to this war. How that happens, though, is going to involve some uncomfortable historical truths that we have to talk about uh, in what is otherwise a really fun sort of crowd-pleasing movie. Because as we see in the film, it's not just Nanzika's story. Uh, it is also the story of relative newcomer Thuso Mbedu, who plays Nawi, a young woman who has been given up by her family into the service of the king when she refuses to marry anyone. So she gets dropped into the lap of this group called the Agoje and is going to be trained as an elite warrior under the guidance of Viola Davis's Nansika. And their two personalities are also going to come to head in an interesting way. Guys, how much did you know about this story before going in, and, and what did you think about it? I knew nothing going into the story at all. Um, like you started with saying the point of reference was the warriors from the Black Panther movie. So just playing off of the ex- excitement I had watching them fight, I kind of brought this into that movie, especially knowing it was based more on true stories. That was really exciting. Um, I'm glad you mentioned the newcomer, Nawi. She's a younger girl. And I felt like it was almost more of her movie than Viola Davis. They were doing a almost a passing of the torch generational storyline with her. So she was the young recruit joining the woman warriors. And Viola Davis is the general of the team who is extra hard on her throughout the movie. And I really enjoyed watching their parallel storyline because it's different as they are. And as, as much as they have their own unique backgrounds, They are very similar in a lot of ways. They're both very tough, stubborn, 
headstrong, but can also be playful around the right types of people. Um, and they're extremely loyal to those around them. So I really enjoyed watching the two of them throughout the film because they have their own storylines that are, of course, um, interconnected. But it was a really, really good story about women of all different ages. I'm glad you brought up women of different ages because we see that there are young girls. We see Viola Davis, who's clearly the elder statesman of the group. But we also have some other able support provided by Lashana Lynch as Izoge and Sheila Atim as Amenza, who are kind of Nansika's right hands. Uh, mm-hmm. They're the ones primarily responsible for doing the training, particularly Lashana Lynch, who brings a much added level of warmth and humor into the story. It's not that grim, even though Viola Davis is clearly like this hard ass who's just going to beat these girls until they are conditioned into sharpened spears. But we also see that these women do care about one another and support one another. Uh, Sheila Atim, uh, as a Menza, I don't know about you guys, but did you get the impression that there was kind of a romantic relationship between her and the Nansika character? character because at times they seem like a warm but bickering couple i didn't you know it's clearly a confidant and they seem to stay in close quarters to one another which is one of my minor complaints about this film because i do think some of the sexual dynamics get flattened out here uh there's an interesting conversation to be had about an all women's fighting force and later on we will see the newcomer nawi fall in love with a a half Portuguese, half Dahomey, fully hot looking dude played by Jordan <laughs> Bolger. And I'm like, that kind of felt like oh, someone at the studio going, well, she needs a love interest. Can't we right. have some romance in here? Right. Can't we have like, you know, chocolate Fabio show up? And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. Like Caramel Fabio, that, but yeah. Caramel Fabio. <laughs> Caramel Fabio, even better description. He's definitely a good looking dude. I see why the ladies would love him. I see why Naoi would fall for him. But he introduces another uncomfortable dynamic into the greater story because he is the child of a slave who was taken from this land and has returned uh, with his reprehensible best friend that he grew up with, a Portuguese slave trader named Santo. And you're like, why are you hanging out with this guy, bro? He's really an... He's a dick. Because he probably didn't have a choice. Exactly. Exactly. He was probably raised with him. And it's better to have a friend with some power than to be biracial in that world and not have power. Or in this world, quite frankly. And as we find out, the character Santo, the Portuguese slave trader, has business dealings with uh, the king of Dahomey. Various tribes have been stealing people from the other tribes and selling them into slavery. And this has become a source of income for Dahomey and a way of insulating uh, his people from being enslaved. But the Portuguese really aren't that fucking picky. They're like, yeah, we'll have a temporary alliance and we will enslave your rivals, but sooner or later we're going to run out of them and we're just going to come for you too. Yeah, exactly. It's pretty much exactly what he says. <laughs> well, I, I enjoyed that plot with John Boyega's character, the king. Now that he's a new king, he wants to change the way his tribe handles business with the Europeans. He is fully not trying to trade African people 
And he's getting a lot of pushback for that. And I felt like throughout the movie, we didn't know if he was going to give in to the pressures to sell enslaved people to the Europeans because it would be a higher profit. Um, So that was keeping me on the edge of my seat the whole movie because he started off wanting to do the right thing. But then throughout the movie, there were these different elements coming in, people pressuring him saying, you're, you're, you don't want to be a broke king, do you? You know, you want to be wealthy. And this is how you maintain your wealth by, by selling your people to, or not your people, but I guess the captors of your enemies to the Europeans. And he, throughout the movie, stood very firm um, with his belief that that wasn't the right thing to do. And him and Viola Davis's character were on the same side with that. So I, I really appreciated seeing that. So this is like one of the earliest examples of go woke or go broke. Yeah. I mean, that's basically what, you know, his queen is telling them and some of his counselors like, hey, you know, this is a good thing. We're wiping out our enemies and we're making some money. Now, one thing that we talked about after the screening and Michael raised some great points about this is that. Yes, this is loosely based on some historical incidents, but it is still very much made with a modern-day sensibility. Michael, as someone who has an interest in the history of this era and this region, uh, what were your thoughts coming out of this? Yeah, exactly. I um, Backtracking a little bit, um, I had never heard of the, the warrior women of Dahomey either until this movie came out and then I caught um, some information online where people were talking about it. And one of the videos in particular that really caught my attention talked about the fact that the narrative of black people selling their own people, selling other black people, this is a a pan-African kind of idea that, that we are all, you know, regardless of what our different nations or tribes, we're all unified as, as black people. The Africans of that time would not have seen it that way. To the Dahomey, the uh, Igbo would have been foreigners. Had nothing to do with them, so why should they care? To an Igbo, the the Mandinka would have been foreigners. Nothing to do with them, what would they care? Just like a Norwegian or a Frenchman or a Russian or a Greek don't see themselves as the same people. I did wish that that sort of thing were more heavily emphasized in the movie and the fact that yeah these africans are selling other africans but they but they see each other as foreigners because they really are but the the pan-african message that john boyega's character and viola davis's character were were putting forth is a very modern idea and that was it was clearly written for the audience of today it's the message is a modern message but not one that they would have had back then because they had to they had to learn that through colonialism. You see something very similar happen in Mexico during the Spanish conquest of the Aztecs, where, you know, the Aztecs had a lot of enemies, and there were plenty of them who were more than willing to help the Spanish conquer the Aztec kingdom, uh, only to find out afterwards what they thought was a an alliance against a common foe was really just a temporary convenience for the Spanish, who were more than happy to enslave and decimate everybody once they took out the big threat. And it is kind of one of the sad uh, uh, realizations of history. Like, had these people worked together more, maybe they could have defeated uh, some of these colonizers who were trying to uh, tear them apart. There, there's some icky 
uh, racial colonial dynamics that are going to be inherent within this story. And it's worth thinking about. But once you get past that, this is a rip-roaring adventure film about, you know, warriors training, becoming badasses, and taking the fight to their enemies. And on that level, it's a deeply satisfying, uh, fun adventure. I really enjoyed this film. I went into it not knowing a whole lot other than what I had heard from Michael, because Michael's my husband. Hi, sweetie. <laughs> and I was just really excited of seeing powerful women in these warrior roles, like not necessarily having to be play the the mother or somebody who stands to the sidelines, but actually be the action that drives this movie. And I was all about it. I I really enjoyed it. I'm 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 all for it. I hope we see more movies like this. Maybe some about like the Amazons, you know, like stuff like that, where where we, we, this is such a broad way of being a woman. There's so many different ways somebody can be a woman. And for this to show power and strength and like courage and like fortitude, all that stuff is is just amazing. And the movie is beautiful to look at. It's got some great cinematography and it's it's an immersive storyline. I, I do wish they had gone more into the origins of this warrior cast. Uh, we are briefly told that, you know, the Dahomey worship a god, a dual twin god, one that is male and feminine. And we do see that they have an all-male infantry, but they also have a a female wing of the military. And when we meet them, we're told that they are so revered that the locals aren't even allowed to look upon these women as they're entering back into the kingdom, that they live within the palace walls. And there's this kind of mystery, which I understand why they cast someone uh, like a Nawi character who is our point of view character. She is entering into this world for the first time and learning about how they train, learning about their work ethic, their sort of cultural philosophy. But this is not an origin story for Nansika. She is well-established. We find out that she has a lot of trauma and a lot of rage for very good reasons. And later in the film, we're going to see that comparison and contrast between her and Nawe, who share more in common than they might initially think. And that introduces some of the implausibilities into the storyline for me. I did feel like one of the weaknesses where there were a couple of plot lines that felt tacked on. But I did like the fact that um, within the storyline, you had the tough, you know, hard as nails leader. You had um, the, her right hand. You had um, her other you know, lieutenant, the, uh, the tough but lovable sergeant. Um, you had the, the training, um, and the support for each other. And one of the things I liked about it is that it showed these characters and these kinds of, uh, tropes are universal. So you can go to a place that we in the West know too little about, you know, the dark continent, Africa, and see that, oh, wait, all of these things are present everywhere. Oh, I was just going to mention um, how great the fight scenes were. I was really excited to see, of course, a lot of people will think women can't take out, you know, a, a five foot two woman can't take out a six foot man. Um, but the fight scenes were really well choreographed to the point where you could tell they were fast. They had special weapons, each of them that they trained with. So when you saw 
a line of women running up against men on horses, you weren't even concerned because you knew they had trained for this and you knew they knew how to use their bodies wisely. Some of them were even doing almost Black Widow leg flips around men and throwing spears across uh, the, the battlefield. It was just really, really well done. It wasn't too many cuts um, because I know that's kind of a sign of a, a weaker directed fight scene. There weren't a million cuts every time a movement was made. They they lingered on shots just long enough for you to see the action that, need, that you needed to see. And if they were jumping around, it was just to get a different point of view of it. But it wasn't too choppy. I really enjoyed it. Every fight scene was intense and you didn't really know who was going to make it out of it. Um, I mean, I had an idea early on based on who the most lovable characters were. I was like, Ugh, yeah, th- these people are too lovable. I'm worried for them. Yeah, The fight scenes, I'd say, were probably, I don't know, 30% of the film. They opened with a really strong fight scene. So you got to see um, what these women were about immediately. They were vicious. I think in the first two minutes, you see somebody get their eyes gouged out. Um, with some really sharp fingernails, and that was pretty hardcore. And then after that, you once you saw how ferocious they were, that's when we got to see their softer side. So I like that they started with them being vicious warriors, and then after that, we actually got to see the um, their bond with each other. I, I think you're right. I hadn't thought about that order in which we get to see their their toughness first, and then we get to, to humanize them. Um, and you were saying, Marco, some of the... You know, yeah, I would like to have seen some of the origin because, again, what I've what little I've gleaned from it is that they were that these women were kind of like the Dora in um, Black Panther, the elite king's guard, but they still had a regular army. So these women were like the special forces, whereas the male army was the regular army. I'm sure it's not a coincidence that you have this fictional Dora Milaje, who may or may not been inspired by this real-life group called the Agoje. There's a similarity in the sound. I know I started off joking about it, but based on the success of Black Panther, I I don't see how this movie would have gotten made had Black Panther not proven that a story about ass-kicking Black people from Africa can actually play to broad audiences and, as Michael was saying, share a lot of universal themes while still allowing for cultural specificity. Uh, within that framework of a larger universal story. I think there is a lot of history here that is unknown, so a lot of it is going to necessarily be speculative, but I still felt it was done in a respectful manner. But I don't want to delve too much further, uh, lest we uh, spoil any of the surprises along the way. I want to roll into our final thoughts. Harmony, if you would kick us off, please. Sure. I Like I said, I love this. It's was exciting it was thrilling it was all that some of the kind of sensibilities felt shoehorned in some of the storylines felt like it was probably tacked on after a viewing or or something like that but overall the story is a great story really have no complaints about any of the action the action was amazing to watch my, my quibbles are like you know, some of the interpersonal stuff that just kind of felt like, well, we just need to just to push the story along, basically. But I would say I want to give this movie, I'm going to give it a nine out of 10 sharpened fingernails. Michael? Yeah, I really, uh, I really liked it. I'm very glad I saw it. I'm very glad it got made. And I think it was, uh, it was well done. Was it perfect? No. There were a couple of those, as Harmony was saying, those shoehorned in, um, subplots 
that I think were Hollywood execs saying, oh, we need this to make the movie sell. And I think it was it was unnecessary to the point of being a little distracting. But the rest of the movie was so strong that you could carry through that. Um, the historian in me sort of sort of had quibbles about the more modern sensibilities of the characters that wouldn't have existed then. But the but the modern African-American, the descendant of some of those people that we saw carted away off screen, never to be seen again, is just I'm, I'm really glad to see uh, that this film is being made. And we're get, getting to see more of the history of, of people that here in America were treated like we have no history for the Middle Passage. And that's not true. Um, so for my own part, I will give it a good solid eight out of ten swords that are too heavy for a recruit. Kim? I think everyone loved this movie pretty much. Um, the nitpicks were very, very small with everything. Um, I loved how every character had a well-done backstory. Um, not everybody necessarily had a flashback or a whole dialogue about their background, but some of the characters, we just meet them in a certain place in the beginning of the movie. And based on that place we meet them, we understand what their lives must have been like and why they chose to be a part of this um, group of women and to fight for what they fight for. Their motivation was just very clear for every character. Um, and then they all had a hero moment, which I really appreciated. I know it's not a superhero movie, but it is a, an action movie. So I do like for every character that we get to know to have their moment to shine. And so I appreciated that. The costume design was amazing. So many Halloween costume ideas. I can't even get into that right now. <laughs> I, I did kind of quibble with the scars, the scar effects that they had. I just thought it looked a little bit too, like, first year theater class scars. I thought they could have done a little bit better on that. But that's a very small um, element that I was just kind of nitpicking. As far as the romance subplot that uh, Nawi had with Jordan Bolger's character, Malik, I enjoyed that because it kind of gave her another dimension of she was kind of teetering. Does she want to stay in this lifestyle that she's chosen or is there a different life for her? So um, as much as Malik was eye candy, he was also, he had his own journey with kind of coming to terms with his background, his mother being a slave and going back to her homeland. But also he was tempting for the main young character to try to decide what life she really wanted. So when she made her decision at the end, I felt really good that she knew what all her options were and she had made the decision that was best for her. So um, there were a lot of really good elements to it. It And it was a two hour, 14 minute movie. I could have watched another 30 minutes. I was having a great time. I'm going to give it nine out of 10 Cal Reach shells. Well, I'm glad Kim was comfortable with the length because I, I did feel it at the end. I, I must say, I think the first two thirds of this movie are fantastic. Once we get to meet everyone, we get a little bit of backstory on the Agoje. We get a little backstory on all the individual characters. We realize they're all there for different reasons. Some want to serve their king. Some are orphan girls who some are refuse to get married. Some have no place left to go and, you know, enter a life of servitude. It's essentially like becoming a warrior monk. And they take these vows very seriously. They will not be married. They will have no children. They will serve the king. They will die in honor of their country. That stuff's great. 
I love that we get this broad range of characterizations and we get to embrace those tropes that are so common to like a military style melodrama. You know, the young hotshot, you know, the, the kind hearted but gruff sergeant, the tough as nails commander who's got their own story and the almost sibling rivalries between the recruits. I think that's all very strong. Once the, the fight comes to Dahomey and they have to go and defend their homeland, we start getting into more backstory into the characters. Some of these things that we've commented upon feel a little shoehorned in. Like now you're just kind of going for these little melodramatic subplots that weren't really necessary. And you're introducing some really big coincidences and rather large uh, narrative conveniences. And with a whole hell of a lot of epilogues. I mean, if you're Lord of the Rings and you're a nine and a half hour spectacle, okay, you get a couple of epilogues. But for two hours and change, one epilogue would have been nice, maybe two, but we get a couple. And I guess it's because it's not the epilogue I wanted. Mm -hmm. uh, if you're not a student of history, and this is your first time learning about this, and this will certainly be the first time for a lot of younger viewers, you might come away with the impression that, hey, the Dahomey kicked the colonists out of the African continent. Everything's great. And I'm like, there's a whole lot more story that happens after the story proper ends. And I feel like it didn't contextualize that enough. Either way, that first two thirds is a rip roaring fun adventure yarn. And they pull it out in the third act pretty well. I just wish they had address the historical context a little bit more. I'm going to give this eight and a half out of ten flasks of whiskey, which is the only good thing the colonizers ever brought. And boy, I needed a whiskey after watching this. This was kind of intense and fun. This was. And me and Kimberly did have a few drinks after this show. Yeah. And boy, I didn't think you were going to go into the eyebrow scar. I had to listen to 30 minutes about how that eyebrow scar was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> she, she's like you know that eyebrow scar it's a keloid scar it's a race scar she's like no nah, no nah, it looks like first year uh, theater class yeah. <laughs> like, like I'm sorry do you want to tell Oscar winning actress superstar Viola Davis that her eyebrow scar isn't good enough I would someone should tell her <laughs> it wasn't so much the eyebrow scar as that she had completely done eyebrows beneath the scar Yes. Well, okay, priorities, yes. you see. You know, Viola Davis, if you're listening to this, we love you. You're great in this. You deserve all the acclaim you're going to get for your latest performance. And if you need an assistant to help you with your eyebrow scar game, I got Kim's number. Just slide into my DMs and I'll, I'll connect you to. <laughs> let me know when Viola Davis slides into your DMs. Oh, I'm going to let everybody know. Are you kidding? Yeah, <laughs> tell everyone. You won't believe who texted me last night. He will never stop talking about it. <laughs> uh, 